All right. Welcome back to the Awakening Innovations podcast. I'm your host, Michael Barnes. And today we have a fantastic guest, Rajiv Madumba. Uh, welcome, Rajiv. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I, I met you, Rajiv, when uh, on your podcast, the Plan yes. B Success podcast. You know, and, and I really liked that. So once you go through your your first plan, you know, how do you succeed in a second plan? So we'll hear a little more about that later. Um, and I don't always do this, but I really like your the some of the awards that you've gotten. So World Affairs Council of Kentucky and Southern Indiana's Global Visionary Award, Business First of Louisville 40 Under 40 Award, Telehealth and Medicine Today's uh, Publishers Award, and Indian Achievers Forum's um, Award for Healthcare and education. So this is really good, uh, really nice to talk to you, uh, getting back to some of my roots back when I was in the biomedical field. So it, it's great to have you on. And again, welcome, Rajiv. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So uh, if we can start off, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, how, where do you come from and how did you uh, get to where you are now? Absolutely. So, you know, like you can tell, I'm from India. Um, I've been in the U.S. for about 20 years. I'm an immigrant. I'm a citizen now. And uh, I've been on my own journey, you know, the ups and downs. And uh, a couple of uh, months ago, I remember somebody asked me to put an article together on um, what if you talk to your 22-year-old self, what would you change? Right. I actually put some thought in it before I wrote it. And I thought I wouldn't change a thing. And I think that's true for anybody. When you reflect back on your life, you shouldn't want to change a thing because you went through all that you did to get to where you are today. And then there's more to see. There's more exciting things in the future. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer in that. So, you know, just my my own journey. I've been in the corporate world, entrepreneurial world for the last 20 plus years. And when I look back at it, I started my journey going door to door. And, you know, I've spoken okay. about it uh, before as well. So I, I went door to door for a year and a half that kind of formed my most uh, formidable foundation that I could ever yeah. get. So and what were you doing? I was actually working with a Canadian company where I was selling, um, uh, kitchenware, toys, gifts, stuff like that, door to door. So I was actually in my MBA. I was doing my MBA. And while my classmates were out there trying to get into the next coveted job (laughs) with placements, you know, here I was lugging a bag around and going door to door, you know, and it was not looked upon favorably at that time, either by my friends or family. But mm-hmm. I thought it uh, it was important to do that. Um, you know, of course, I went through my own trials and tribulations too. You know, the first day I went out, by the afternoon, somebody slammed the door in my face and I took it really personally. I came back, dropped the bag and said, I wouldn't do it. Uh, and I had a great trainer who actually motivated me to get back out there. And once he did, once I went back, I didn't stop for the next year and a half before I built a team and had my own location, a franchisee location with the company. Oh, nice. Nice. Later, I actually separated from them at a point in time where they started sourcing their products locally. 
um, you know, in, initially the the attraction factor was, hey, everything was imported, right? Imported goods that you're selling out there. There was a market for it. It was all great. But once they started sorting it locally, I decided if they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> so I went and sourced my own products and I started my own company. You know, the first couple of months I didn't do well at all. I actually floundered, failed badly. And, mm-hmm. um, but I collected, you know, everything that I could and I restarted it. When I restarted it, I went from, you know, zero to 300 associates going door to door in 12 locations wow. within a an year. And, That's you know, awesome. it re- did really well. Um, and, you know, obviously I did really well at the time. And that was a time when technology was just taking off in India. You know, India was shaping up to be the back office of the world. Right. And here I was an MBA graduate out of school and who got out of school too soon before the technology thing happened. So I had never, you know, really gone through technology, especially in India, you know, in the mid nineties, technology was so new that not a whole lot of schools were offering it. So you had to go out and learn separately. So I had to do that. I had to go and learn on my own. And I thought the best way to learn is get into a job. And I joined uh, a technology firm, uh, you know, as a general manager, I ran it for them for a couple of years, actually helped them open up their exports division where they could uh, sell their services outside India. And then the next best thing for me was to come to the U.S. Okay. And that's how I came to the U.S. I, I did an MBA here and then got on my journey here. Okay. So you got a second MBA. Yeah, actually, I have three masters. I have an MBA and a master's in personal management from India, and I have another MBA from here. Okay. Wow. So that was personal management or personnel management? Personnel. Okay. I never knew that existed, but that's awesome to hear. So, so how was it coming over? Making well, that- I came as a student. That was the best way to come into the country. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for, for me, it was important to, the reason I went for another degree was it was important for me to get some formal education, especially with the with the new atmosphere, the information technology atmosphere out there. So that was one of the reasons I went back to school so that I could learn stuff formally, which I did. And after that, uh, you immediately got into a, a job. You know, all my experience from India didn't matter. And this right. was a early, early 2000s. You know, nobody really cared for what I did back in India. And it did not really push me on the ladder, so to speak. And I had to start from scratch. I started as a business analyst, grew through the ranks to be an executive um, within the health and wellness space. And, um, you know, that's where I've been in the last, for the last 20 plus years. Where did you land when you came to the U.S.? What school was this? This was uh, Old Dominion University out in Virginia, uh, okay. Norfolk, Virginia. So when I actually got accepted, I had to pull the map and look at where exactly <laughs> am I going? <laughs> I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, so I know of it. Awesome. Uh, I never actually went there. So at least one other person in the world knows where it is. <laughs> it's a great school. It's a great school. I had a great time. Um, you know, education was different. When I look back and reflect on, you know, the way things are taught in India versus the U.S., very different. Um, well, in India, you know, there's a lot of focus on the traditional you know, just, just mugging things up, you know, you, you, you read, read, read and learn. That's what you do. And a lot of it is theory here. It was more practical in nature. That's the one difference that I had seen. I think things are changing now in India too, but very practical in nature. And if you didn't understand how to apply, there was no way you will, you were going to get through an exam here. 
which was very different from what, what I had seen there. If I, if I had a textbook and if I was good at uh, memorizing things, I mm-hmm. could fly through an exam, <laughs> you know, so, that was a difference. So let me ask you a question. This is sort of out there maybe, but is this a difference in culture? Um, Cause my daughter's in high school now and my son, he's in college now. And I remember when I was studying, all of us have hated when we just had to memorize, mm-hmm. right? It, is this, I mean, are we trained that way that we want to figure out how it applies to the real world, do you think? Or, you know, do you all get frustrated that it's just memorization, wish you could apply it or what? You know, you're right. You know, we used to get frustrated uh, when we had to memorize things for the heck of just getting through an exam. <laughs> but when I look at it, right, when I look, look back and reflect on it, and I've spoken about this multiple times, like when I look at the, one of the issues right now in the U.S. is there's an entire generation, 20-somethings, growing, who believe going to college is a waste of time. Right. And, and they have, you know, everybody has their pros and cons, and we can, we can debate over it from time to time. I've been looking at some, some, uh, some of the 20-pluses who've been talking about it. it's a waste of time going to college. Self-education is the best way. You know, whatever you uh, study, un- unless you want to become a doctor or an engineer where it is very, very precise kind of right. Uh, things that you need to learn. It's a waste of going to college. I, I don't think so. You know, college is not just about learning something to go get a job. College is about an experience. It's a, it's about, you know, meeting people, networking, relationships, understanding yourself, you know, learning self-discipline. And there are things that you learn. You, you know, my kids, my kids argue today, right? My daughter tells me, dad, why am I learning algebra? Will I ever use it in real life? Right? <laughs> well, it's a foundation. Uh, whether you use it in real life or not, there are certain things that you got to go through because they lay the foundation of who you are going to turn out to be in the future. So all the education that we do is not just for the heck of getting a job. So that's important. And coming back to my point, and you know, we can go back and forth on this topic forever, but <laughs> coming back to the way things were in India and the culture thing that you brought up, you know, India has been, and today we look at it, right? When we look at the U.S., you know, Indian immigrants are one of the, have the highest average pay, the largest number of uh, people coming out with master's degrees, you know, have the most uh, intelligent of kids who are winning all kinds of spelling bees and everything out there. This is what we see. And then the question comes up, what's different? Well, what's, I'll tell you what's different. What's different is in India, you just cannot dream of coming out without a minimum of a master's degree, at least during my time, that was it. The competition was so fierce, so intense, just because it's such a highly populated country. But if you want to make sure that you end up having a decent living, you have to come out with a master's degree. That that was a minimum, bare minimum. So that's why the, the focus on education was so huge for everybody that, you know, everything else was would take a second place, whether it's sports, hobbies, etc. they're all second place. And then when you're in such a competitive environment, that's where the traditional, you know, going through the books, getting, trying to get through exams, that's where it came from. I don't agree with it because that's not the way it is. You know, you could memorize your books all day long, you come out with it, but if you don't understand the practical implication and application of things, it really doesn't serve its purpose. So it was a breath of fresh air for me to come to the U.S. and when I was doing my MBA here to see it so different. It was all about application. You know, if I had to learn databases, I had to actually create one. 
Right. <laughs> you know, versus just reading a book and learning about, you know, what data, databases are and all the theory around it, which was great. And I think a lot of education is moving in that direction across the world, uh, which we see it today. But at a point in time, that was it. And I think that aspect of looking at education is so sacred and as something that will make you move the needle in your life. I think that still exists in the culture. And that's why you see that a lot. So that, I think that's the reason for it. Okay. Well, awesome. I appreciate that, Rajiv. I, I love to hear about other cultures and, and better understand other people's uh, experiences. So thank you. Mm -hmm. So you came over here and you got your degrees and then tell us more. Yeah, I came. I came over here, got my degrees. I, um, you know, worked with a couple of different companies. I was into benefits administration initially. Then I wanted to actually expand my horizons. Got into health and wellness. You know, was was also doing Obamacare uh, exchanges at a point in time. Then got into services. Did some Medicaid operations and things like those. Um, and then one of the things that I have done is uh, throughout my entire career. You know, I've always had this entrepreneurial niche, whether I was working with a company or wanted to do something on my own. So I've always dabbled in something or the other that I've done on my own. There's a vocational training school that I started uh, that's running as we speak. And then there's other things, right? So, um, and then the, the, the ferocity of trying to climb the ladder, I think that that's helped me a lot in terms of getting from where I was to getting into an executive role as I moved along. And then mm -hmm. I think the other aspect of it was that, um, you know, you have an ambition, you go all out after it, and then you, you look to learn. So one of the things that I started in back in 2011 was I started blogging and writing. And for me, it was, you know, when I was actually looking to expand my horizons, it was about learning. So I started, you know, when I joined the American corporate system, I had no clue what what benefits were all about. I joined a benefits administration firm. I was supposed to be processing benefits and I'm like, okay, what the hell is a benefit? <laughs> What's insurance? What's an HMO? What's a PPO? That's where I started. Right. But then, you know, I had this big learning curve and I self-educated myself. And as I self-educated, I decided the best way to tell myself that I learned what I've been researching is to summarize it and write it down. And that's how I got into writing in 2011, I, I, I blogged a lot. I, I blogged uh, heavily on personal development stuff, but most importantly, my healthcare stuff, you know, I started creating these written material and I started submitting it out for articles and they got published. And once things start getting published, then you are looked upon as an expert. You right. know? Uh, so that's how I kind of became an expert at what I did on the healthcare side. Then I started advising some companies. I started dabbling into what's going on in the startup space, helping with growth hacks and those kinds of things. Yeah. At the same time, I was out there speaking at conferences, national and international. In terms so, of so I've got a question for you. Yeah. So you talked about blogging, getting the word out there. You just talked about talking to international conferences. A lot of people who are trying to find their way or get into something want to do that sort of thing. And they want people to see them and, and notice them. Do you right. have, how did you do that? How do you, what suggestions do you have for people who are contemplating using blogging or podcasting or talking at conferences to build their credibility? Sure. I think, you know, first is, you know, self-introspection, right? You need to know who you are truly. You need to know what really motivates you. 
and it's not always money you know and i keep telling people that it's not always money that's the motivator it's fulfillment it's it's what you want to do um i th- one of the other issues that i see is the identity crisis right so <laughs> how many times are you in a job where you're wearing a mask you know you have a different mask in front of your job in in, fr- in front of your boss you have a mask in front of your peers you have a mask in front of your subordinates you have a mask in front of your client is it the true you right and how difficult is to is it to maintain so many images and i see it all the day in corporate america you and and even at a personal level like right are are you being your true authentic self in any kind of a setting personal or not right a lot of the issues that we talk about mental health loneliness depression it's because of this you know when when two people meet if they have so many layers around them they never really meet because it's it's there were all these things forming obstacles so first thing you got to understand who you truly are what really motivates you what fulfills you and break those walls melt those layers that's important and then just be your true authentic self because guess what it's you're the most comfortable in your own skin and when you are out there in your own skin you know not everybody is going to like it but you will attract the kind of people that will like it and and that's important for you in the longer term so i think that's one thing just be be authentic be true to yourself and then know what motivates you what fulfills you and go after that chase after that if you want to be a well known expert in your field if you want to be a speaker if you want to be a writer then do it do it at whatever level you have to do it the, the it's action you know you have to take action and then the world reveals itself you know you don't have to have this large five year or 10 year plan then that you put together and say these are the blocks that need to fall in place for me to get to where i want to be you just have to worry about your short to mid term and what actions you need to take because once you start taking those steps things will start falling in place and i think that's important for people to understand and i think this is it's it's kind of interesting so you're the third podcast guest i've had in a row who has said that that is the most important thing do something yeah and i actually did a a facebook live yesterday and that was my title do something um i feel as if there might be some common threads amongst the the people that i interact with like maybe i let down my mask and so uh, i meet people who are attracted to me just like you were saying so <laughs> you're absolutely right and and i'll give you my own example right so like i've told you i've told you i've always been this corporate guy doing all these different things and you know i had you know i ended up finding a little time for myself as a result of i mean you know i'm i'm on an active search i've been looking at uh, my next opportunity but i had time for myself and i could do two things you know i know i've got so much stuff in my head that i wanted to put out there number one number two it was i didn't want to spend my entire days looking for my next opportunity and then worrying myself sick right, right? i i rather allocate time to do what i want to do on that end but i wanted to do something creative and then what i did is i got into podcasting you know right. i knew podcast what a podcast was but i had no clue how to go about doing it and all that so i spent some time researching what podcasts are all about i told myself i'm going to start my own podcast if if nobody else listens at least i can listen to my own voice <laughs> that's where i started and and yes. you know, i recorded a few episodes i figured out how to put a podcast together and then i put it together and i launched it and then i yeah. said okay 
the ideal situation would be I want to, I do three episodes a week. The ideal situation would be I want to do one interview and two solo episodes where I pick a topic and I research it and I talk about it. Well, okay. the first couple of weeks, it was just me and my topics because yes. you know I still had to find guests. And I started doing that. So if you go back and look at my podcast, my first two or three weeks is just me talking. And then I waited for about uh, having three episodes done. And then I launched it. I had, you know, a couple of listens here, they're trickling in, which was pretty nice. And I was like, okay, it's not just me listening. There's other people listening. <laughs> and then I said, okay. And then I started looking for guests and, and I got guests. So, you know, I, there were people who were interested and then I got them. And then I got into this routine of having an interview every single week. And I have had it ever since. Right. And then I started like your uh, interview, you know, here I am talking to you. And I started being out there sharing my story because that's yeah. how you spread the word. You know, if it's all inside you, if you believe you're an expert and you don't reveal it to the world, well, guess what? How are they going to ever find out? You got to be out there and you, you got to talk about it. Yeah. And then it started happening. And now I'm at a point where, you know, it's, it doubles every single month. You know, the number of yeah. listens, it's, it's the word spreading out there. And then because, because there are others who, who the message resonates with. And, and I think that's the part, right? The, you know, the, the greatest fulfillment is in helping others, you know, get to where they want to be. And uh, I've got, you know, just guests calling me up to be on the show. I don't have to search for them anymore. Nice. So, but this was never planned. Like you right. and I, we never planned to meet. It just happened. And, and it will happen as long as you take action. If I did not start that podcast, then <laughs> you wouldn't know who I was. I wouldn't know who you were. So that, that's how things happen. And so what are some of the topics that you've <clears throat> done, like you've researched and talked about? Can you name no, them? Yeah, absolutely. So generally what I do is, and I think, I think a lot of people should do that. I, I think, you know, we all should look at what do we really, uh, what can we really contribute? I look at, I look back at my own experience and expertise and I have a ton of stuff that I can contribute. And I think a lot of people do, you know, um, so a lot of the twenties, guys in their 20s are starting podcasts and they're doing interviews, interviews, interviews. And I wanted to get it a little different flavor. I've got things to share. So that's how I started it. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the topics is, you know, they're all primarily topics that would be beneficial to students, professionals, people doing jobs, entrepreneurs, you know, all of these kinds of people. And, and some of the topics are what people generally have at the back of their mind, but they don't want to talk about it. Too. You know, one of the th topics that I had was, do nice people make poor managers? Ah, <laughs> and your That's, answer is? <laughs> and the answer is absolutely they make great managers, not poor managers. Okay. Right? Yeah. Being nice doesn't mean being weak. Yes. You know? um, so the, the, that was one. And you know, you, today it's all about being a leader and being, uh, having emotional intelligence, you know, having empathy and and I think that's true. You know, you don't have to be the kind of a leader with a, with a stick in your hand because those days are gone. You know, we are in a different time right now. Um, and then there's other things like uh, it does HR, uh, is HR uh, a core link? Is, a weak, is it a weak link or is it really the backbone of your company? And I think that's, that's a great topic too. You know, how many people are really satisfied with their HR in the company? HR at the end of the day goes back into reporting to the exec team. So are they really serving the exec team or are they really serving the employees? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's like our judicial system, right? They still need to have their own independent 
uh, say in order to be able to be impartial to everybody in the company. And so that was one topic that I had. And then there's other topics like, you know, is there a shortcut to self-actualization? When you look at Maslow's theory, it's all about you got to go through all these different layers of, uh, you know, your basic needs getting met, uh, you know, security, safety, love, everything before you get to self-actualization. And I'm like, is there a shortcut? And I believe there's a shortcut. You know, if you really do something that you're passionate about, you no longer care about your basic needs. You're more about how do I get to that self-actualization just because I'm so passionate about what I do. So those are some of the topics. Yeah. So so that sounds a lot like what I've heard, the self-actualization thing, right? So in fact, you can instantly, in theory, self-actualize and that in many respects gives you the lower pieces or at least gets it so that you can not worry about them. So right. that, that's awesome. I love the eclectic topics that you have. Um, and so, and you research them. And so it, it's very cool. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so what do you, what are you doing these days? Well, these days, a couple of things, right? Um, you know, I got my website launched recently, rajivmudumba.com. I created, you know, two courses based on my, my themes that I talked about. Well, you know, one is called the Plan B Success Reveal, mm-hmm. which, you know, like I said, I, I look at people uh, to fall into three buckets. The first bucket is, you know, everybody wants to do something. Everybody's in their current situation for one reason or the other, you know, either you're looking for that next paycheck to come through, you got to take care of your family, things like those, but everybody wants to do something bigger and better and something that they're passionate about. So the first group of people are the confidence seekers. You know, they are not even sure about themselves. They don't know that they can go out there and do that because they're self-doubting themselves all the time. They They need somebody to reintroduce them to their true self like I said, you know, peel those layers off, get reintroduced to your true self and get reintroduced to your confidence. So that's the first group of people. The second group of people are further along. They're confident. They know that they can do something, but they don't know where to start. So these people need to get reintroduced to their skills, their expertise, and shown a direction that, you know, based on your background, this is the direction that you would probably be the most successful in. Mm-hmm. So for these two groups of people, I have Plan B Success Reveal, which is a program that basically takes them through the process of learning themselves and gets them to a point where they are at their confidence is at their best and where they understand their skills, expertise, and they have a direction where to go. And then the third group of people, they have their confidence. They know exactly what they want to do, where they want to go but they just need hand-holding in terms of getting from point A to point B, which is they need somebody to work with them on their creative aspect, the creative skills. They need somebody to work with them on the tactical aspects, mm-hmm. put a plan together, but actually help them work through the plan, understand what technology, what tools are out there in order to use, in order to get them to where they want to be and then get them to that point B. And for them, I have a different program. It's called the Plan B Success Blueprint, which allows them to take stock of what they can do and get to that second point, point B. So those are the two programs that I've recently launched. um, And I'm in the process of, you know, finding leads and working with them in terms of getting those uh, programs, uh, you know, 
in in motion so that's that's one thing i've been working on you know i've worked on a book i recently published it uh, i published it in uh, july it's called my inspiration quotes that shaped my self improvement journey it's a collection of quotes from my experience every night i would come back and reflect on my day and it's still a quote out of it okay. i've done that for over 5 6 years it turned into a volume of work about 650 plus quotes that i've published it's available on amazon and uh, and these are uh quotes that you created yes oh wow okay nice these are quotes that i created from my own experience and the way i like to talk about it is you know when you're thrown a life challenge you're always advised to go and open up a spiritual book like a bible and then you know right. whatever you open up it's supposed to speak to you this is that kind of a book there's no one way to read it you can you know back to front front to back or you just open it up and if you have a career challenge or a professional challenge the hope is you'll find a quote that will speak to you once you open it nice that's beautiful and of course my podcast that's going on yes. too <laughs> absolutely the plan b podcast a fantastic uh podcast and we'll definitely we'll put all of those links in the description of this uh podcast so that people can check you out in all of your uh various activities and so if someone wants to get in touch with you what is the best way for them to reach out they can get on my um website you know rajeevmudumba.com and uh, there's there's a contact page there they can get in touch with me there or they can go use one of my social links get in touch with me you know i'm on instagram facebook twitter all over the place and um, linkedin you know i'm i'm there on linkedin that's one way to get in touch with me and of course my podcast plan b success has its own website planbsuccess.live or planb.live and that's another way to get in touch with me so there are multiple channels out there very very nice so i appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom with us um i'm sure that people will uh be interested to follow your links and learn more about you um so yeah thank you very much sir thank you so much for having me all right have a great day rajiv